Welcome to the Bumpaholics Podcast. The Bumpaholics Podcast serves our community by providing education on fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, lactation, and parenthood. The overall mission is to support expecting parents so they can be more well-rounded and empowered to make informed parental decisions in their journey through parenthood. Now sit back, listen in, and join us for today's episode of Boob Talk. All right. Welcome to Bumpaholics with KCWM. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, uh, MeWe, at the handle of KC Women's Ministry. So I am Brittany. I am a birth doula and a bereavement doula. And I'm Cindy. I'm Administrator Director for KC Women's Ministry, a birth doula and training on my postpartum doula. I'm Jamie Mackey. I'm a birth doula and also the director of technology with KCWM. <laughs> All right. So today we are going to be talking about breastfeeding beyond infancy, something that each of us has some um, extensive experience with. Yeah, definitely. So so my breastfeeding journey, you know, I've got three children. Um, I first breastfed for uh, two and a half years. We had a really fun cold turkey weaning experience with him. And then um, my daughter breastfed to about 22 months. Um, we um, were really going strong. And then I became pregnant with my third unexpectedly. And um, breast tenderness and all that fun stuff that goes along with it ended up mm-hmm. kind of curtailing that. And my youngest chose to only breastfeed till six months. And he weaned himself at that young of an age. So, Ooh, yeah. That's a young age to wean. Yeah. Um, So I'm a mom of two. My oldest is uh, going to be turning six in like a week. Uh, (laughs) When did that happen? Uh, But uh, I nursed him up until like three months ago um, when I decided I had enough and and we just stopped. But I nursed him through my pregnancy with my second and um, we tandem nursed and I'm still breastfeeding my daughter who is going to be turning three in a few months. Awesome. That's amazing. So I have um, three children myself and I breastfed the first one until she was two. It was about three months into my pregnancy with our second child that I, I basically dried up and it was she wasn't getting milk. I was, it was like nails on a chalkboard. So we just, we stopped. Um, some, a lot of emotional baggage to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so I nursed my second child again until I got pregnant, um, right around her 18 month age or 15 months. It was 15 or 16 months. Cause they are almost exactly two years apart. So, mm-hmm. um, I was a little sad on that one, but I'm on my fur on my third baby. I am still breastfeeding him, and he will be 18 months in less than in about a week. Nice. So we're at 18 months now, and I I don't plan to stop anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we've got a good good go of it. So uh, what, in your opinion, and um, as far as the facts go, and how the health organizations and everything do, define it, what makes it beyond infancy. I mean, obviously we've got three very different experiences here. Um, my children are all teenagers. So at this point for me, I'm well past the stage. Um, and a lot of research has changed since I had kids little who were breastfeeding. We were going through that. So for you and for 
who and all of that, um, what makes it beyond of infancy? Well, generally, if you are still breastfeeding after a year of age, it is beyond infancy. I mean, that is the culture in the United States right now mm-hmm. is you breastfeed to a year and then you stop. Right. So, um, I mean, that's changing slowly. It's definitely changing very slowly. You know, you see a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Resistance, maybe. Uh, resistance, but, you know, people don't like to tell people that they're still breastfeeding when their baby is two years or three years or five mm-hmm. years. So a lot of shame. Yeah, yes. there's shame to it. There's um, negative connotations associated with breastfeeding. You know, I can remember apologizing to people that I was still nursing my child, even my yeah. pediatrician, my child's pediatrician. Um, I remember saying, I'm so sorry, I've tried so hard to wean him, but he just won't. And now looking back, I I wish that I had just been able to enjoy that instead mm-hmm. of um, feeling ashamed for doing something that was so right for my child. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. clearly got comfort yes, from that. absolutely. He and clearly wasn't ready to stop. He's 20. He's st- not still nursing, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? I'm positive. They, they <laughs> always <good>. stop. <laughs> they always stop. <laughs> they, they do. They do eventually stop, yes. Now, I have had to... Nightween, my third baby now, you know, my mm-hmm. first two, they just kind of gradually nightween to themselves. But my third, he just keeps waking up at night. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> done with this waking up at night. Although I get him to bed and then one of the other ones wakes up. So really, is it, has it helped me? Maybe I'm waking up a little less frequently. <laughs> but, you know. Oh, see, I tried to nightween my first um, when we were trying to get pregnant because... Um, my body would not let me get pregnant mm-hmm. while I was still breastfeeding at night. And um, when we night weaned him, like we were able to, but he was waking up more often and I was getting less sleep. And then I was pregnant. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was and that's, so exhausting. It's funny because for me, with all three of my kids, night weaning was the last one. We weaned day weaning first and then our nights. Um, because for me personally, that comfort and being able to get them to sleep and they mm-hmm. stayed in the bed with us, we co-slept. No controversy here about that one, please. <laughs> we, we co-slept. Um, it was best for my children, except for my third, who, like I said, weaned himself at six months, had no interest in co-sleeping and has always been very independent. So That's personality type. It really is. Yeah. Personality. So what are the benefits, as far as WHO, uh, the mm-hmm. World Health Organization, what are the benefits of breastfeeding, breastfeeding beyond infancy? Oh, there are a lot. Mm-hmm. It gives... Um, your child a good portion of nutrition through their second year. Uh, it gives them 29% of their energy requirements, wow. 43% of protein requirements, wow. 36% of calcium requirements, 76% of folate requirements. For that brain development, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, 94% of B12 requirements. Wow, that's phenomenal. And then 60% of vitamin C requirements. So when you get to that stage and like that second year, toddlers become picky eaters. Mm-hmm. Very picky. And whenever you are, if they are breastfeeding still, so you just, it just takes that worry off your shoulders mm-hmm. that you don't, they are getting a good portion of their nutrition still from your milk. So if they're Absolutely. going through a dino chicken nuggets and. All I want is peanut butter. Milk. 
chocolate, I don't know, peanut butter phase. Yeah. yeah. They went through some weird phases. Yeah. So if they're going through that kind of phase, you at least know that they're still getting a lot of nutrients and nutrition and yeah. on their diet. The other aspect to that, too, is they are learning how to comfort themselves. They're learning what comforts them, what helps them regulate those emotions, and they get to know that mom is always going to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as they get older, they are learning mom can leave or dad or parent, they can leave their side and where are they going? You know, it's that Mm -hmm. six month, six month mark where they're starting to realize my caregiver left the room and they don't know what's beyond that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. So my caregiver is no longer in my world and that's detrimental. Mm -hmm. So breastfeeding gives them that stability the home base that they can come back to yeah that home base you know i got a boo-boo i need i need mommy i need caregiver i need Mm -hmm. whatever whatever you call yourself i need this person who gives me that comfort and who helps me through this moment of despair or you know in their eyes despair yes So we've talked a little bit about the perception. Um, We've talked a little bit about the shame that in our culture in America right now is associated with breastfeeding past a year. And you guys, that was really big when Mm -hmm. my kids were little and I was breastfeeding past a year. Um, But what are some of the other perceptions that people have about why you shouldn't breastfeed about past a year? Well, a lot of people think it's bad for your teeth, bad for the kids' teeth. Um, Or they get it confused with, a bottle feeding. Mm-hmm. So bottle feeding and breastfeeding is completely different. In in the way that a child has to hold their mouth and that mouth structure, how that works with mm-hmm. the bottle versus a breast, um, you know, the breast is made to manipulate and move with the baby's mouth. Right. It's mm-hmm. not, it, it doesn't put enough pressure to move the palate around, to move those teeth out of position. It molds with their mouth. So it actually helps formulate a really good mouth structure because it's it just takes up the space instead of being a solid piece going in the mouth, pushing and putting pressure on those teeth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that a, like, the breast, like, whenever a child is nursing, the way that they, they, they have to suck and actively participate mm-hmm. to get the milk out of um, the breast, whereas with a bottle, it can kind of just keep coming. And mm-hmm. like, especially, um, you hear that um, bottle feeding to sleep is going to be bad once they have teeth because they have they can get cavities because mm-hmm. the milk pulls in the back of the mouth. But it doesn't work the same way with breastfeeding because they they have to be suckling to get that milk. And um, so it's not going to pull in the same way. Right. Well, and the other aspect, too, is the milk, um, the breast milk has a very high content of calcium, as you indicated for us earlier. You know, that calcium content, um, it goes on those teeth and actually helps keep the teeth strong and build them. And it's antibacterial, so it has much less of an opportunity for bacteria and plaque to build up on the teeth because it's antibacterial, because it has all these healthful contents. Um, mm-hmm. And it it has little to no sugar in it. Like your basic sugar from juice, which you definitely don't want to let a child go to sleep 
with after drinking <laughs> juice without brushing your teeth. <laughs> but it is it's okay for a kid to go to sleep without brushing their teeth after having breast milk. I mean, have them brush their teeth and then give them breast milk. You're totally fine. Their teeth are going to be yeah. perfect, pristine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better for their teeth in that capacity than any other drink, um, except maybe water. But That's awesome. Yeah. So um, what, let's say I've decided I'm going to do extended breastfeeding. I'm a new mom. I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, how long should I expect to breastfeed? What's natural? And what, if I was really just letting this be baby-led or uh, mother-led? So there was some research done by a um, anthropologist named Catherine A. Detweiler, and she compared um, certain milestones in humans to primates, which are biologically the closest to humans, to try and figure out what that natural weaning age is for humans. Mm -hmm. And she determined that it was between two and a half and seven years. Oh, wow. Seven years. It's a big bracket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... A lot of that also depends on your geographical area, on your um, eco economic status. Mm-hmm. You know, what really what <laughs> what do you have available? Mm-hmm. If breast milk is all your child is eating, they're going to eat that for seven years. Yeah, you know, um, and it's also going to depend on your. Lost my thought. <laughs> you know, I like that you brought up economic status because here mm-hmm. in America, one of the big barriers is that economic status. A lot of women who are in those lower socioeconomic categories have mm-hmm. a harder time with the extended breastfeeding because of their work and their restrictions there. Very true. Um, so that's yeah. definitely something yeah. that we've talked about, we've run into before, um, and there's some creative solutions for that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Having that support network is paramount to extended breastfeeding. And I'll be honest, that's one of the reasons why night weaning was the latest for me. Um, You know, it was easy. I was able to continue breastfeeding at night, even though I was working during Mm -hmm. the day. And it gave me that connection with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, working during the day and having a baby who is beyond one, you know, that perception is, oh, well, your baby's a year old. What do they need milk for? Right. Why do they need breast milk? So you don't need to have this break to go pump. For your baby. Yes, mm-hmm. the laws don't protect you, your pumping mm-hmm. rights after a year, which yeah, is don't. awful. Yeah. It's like um, whenever I was working, uh, we were allowed to have like special um, parking spaces to oh. go to so that we could take a lunch break to go to the daycare that was provided by my job. How awesome. Um, but you, you only got that until your child was one year old. Oh. <laughs> oh. So that. I mean, they presume after a year, you're going to stop. You're going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's a hard presumption. I mean, that's, that's definitely a presumption Mm -hmm. that shouldn't occur. I mean, that's sitting here saying, I am going to limit you because I don't believe you're going to continue going beyond this Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. and that you still need to express the milk, which becomes uncomfortable after so long. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So um, what is some of the research? I know we've talked a lot about, you know, weaning and all of that, but what does uh, the World Health Organization and UNICEF, because we know that extended breastfeeding is more common in other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. So what do those two organizations say about um, extended breastfeeding? So their recommendation is to um, breastfeed 
um, a minimum of two years, mm -hmm. and they do not cap how long it is beneficial for you to breastfeed your child. And yeah. what about the American Academy of Pediatrics? Do they have anything on that? Uh, they recommend up to a year or a minimum of a year and then beyond. So a minimum. Well. A minimum. You know, that language is really important. Yes, I think a it lot is. of people hear a year and they just stop there, but mm -hmm. it really is that a minimum of one year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That is a very important distinction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Minimum means, you know, you breastfeed to a year and hopefully you continue. Right. It yes. is best to continue. And it's best to continue for as long as the child wants to continue as long as the child and the parent are comfortable to mm -hmm. continue. And that's, that's really important. Mm -hmm. Moms, please keep in mind, if you're not comfortable continuing, that's okay. Yeah. There yeah. is never, this is not um, something that you have to continue just because it's best for your child or just because someone told you that it's best for your child or just because... It needs to work you, for it, you. It really mm -hmm. has to be something that works for both of you. Yeah. It's a relationship. It really so, is. You can't con continue a relationship if one of the parties is not wanting to. Mm -hmm. And I've talked right. to a lot of mothers who, after a certain point, start having an aversion, mm -hmm. um, who start relating some stress with that. And at that point, it's time. To, it's time to stop. Your child picks up on those things, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's just not a good relationship anymore. So those are good reasons to wean, and those are good cues that it's time to wean. Mm -hmm. And, you know, throughout the duration of breastfeeding, your relationship with your child does change. It does. Not mm -hmm. just at that end point, but mm -hmm. throughout. Yeah. So, you know, I know with mine, you know, they're as a baby, as that first newborn baby, that's totally different than with an 18-month-old baby. Yes. Who, mm -hmm. you know, they're not feeding just for the nutrition and just mm -hmm. because they're hungry. Mm -hmm. Whereas a newborn is going to feed because they're hungry um, and because that's their only source of nutrition and that's right. their only source of, of calories and mm -hmm. food to help them grow. So that relationship definitely expands mm -hmm. and becomes more emotional and investment in that child yes. and in mm -hmm. the child's investment in their parent. And there's just some really precious times with those older nursers. Oh, just those so cuddles sweet. are the sweetest cuddles oh, you've yeah. ever had. The, uh, their little face just looking up at you mm -hmm. while they breastfeed. It's just the greatest. <laughs> my daughter always used to like to touch my face while uh -huh. she nursed as she got mm -hmm. older. So she would caress. It was the sweetest thing oh. in the world. My my son tends to rub the other breast and look, stop it. Yeah. That's a little yeah. Yeah. Let's stop I it. remember yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I hate the twiddling now. It's like my daughter always wants to twiddle with the other nipple. And I'm like... No, no twiddling. And uh -huh. so she tries to compromise with me by just holding it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to hold it. So. It's my source of comfort, Mom. This I, is my I comfort have blanket. I that my twiddler has a, is it on a fidgeter. So, <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, I would just start buying stock and fidget cubes because you're going to need it. <laughs> Get a, a spinner. Uh, yes. One of those spinners. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, so what are some ways um, that your supply and your breast change? Like as far as as you continue to nurse, mm -hmm. so, you know, you in those first days you get those engorgements, you um your colostrum changes to milk, you have all these different things that are going on, and that continues to change as you go into extended breastfeeding and beyond infancy mm -hmm. and well past a year. What are some changes that happen to your milk supply and to your body as that happens? 
so it's like once you get past that year your milk supply seems to become quite a bit more flexible mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. i mean you aren't producing as much milk and it um so you can go longer stretches without like pumping or breastfeeding mm-hmm. but then you also have those periods where they they're cluster feeding again just like a newborn <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> for no reason reason so and and with that you know i want to say that you may not necessarily store the milk you are constantly making milk on demand yeah. so your breasts aren't going to feel as rock hard. Your breasts aren't going to feel as full. And that's because they're not. But it's mm-hmm. not because you don't have milk. Mm-hmm. It's simply because there's not the demand for milk right now. So my breasts have become that much more efficient at creating that milk as it's required. Mm-hmm. Rather yes. than, I know my baby's going to eat in three hours, so I need to start making my milk to make sure that I have enough for my baby to eat and the proper amount. Mm-hmm. Right. And remember, make sure, even if in an extended breastfeeding, make sure you're keeping up on your own nutrition, mm-hmm. your own water intake. Um, this is, it's a good good way to make sure that you're keeping track of what you're taking in as mm-hmm. well. Um, if you're, if you start baby seeing eats a baby, mm-hmm, baby gets mm-hmm. what you eat. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that even with mine, um, Even with yours? Um, even with mine, uh, going on to um, like breastfeed at night for like mm. several years. And um, if I don't drink enough water during the day, they are at the breast more frequently during mm. the night. Yes. Because, um, because I'm just like not, they are thirsty and I am not getting as right. much milk at a right. time. Because as we know, your breast milk um, as so, you know, you've got your foremilk and you've got your hind milk. Well, that foremilk is that thirst quencher, and if you don't have enough of that foremilk, then they're getting more hind milk. Well, maybe they're not hungry; they're just thirsty, so they're going to stop drinking before they get to that hind milk, or as they get to the hind milk, and they're going to want that foremilk. So, that's the terminology difference, but <laughs> <laughs> which which means they're definitely going to be at the breast more frequently because yeah. they're just thirsty. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, understanding the makeup of milk and the order that it's produced helps understand mm-hmm. why is my kid at my breast so frequently? <laughs> yes. Stop it. I want to go to sleep. <laughs> so, and you know, a lot of times too, don't forget that your Breast milk is very high in um, immune, uh, Im- immune immunoglobulins. Yes, immunoglobulins. <laughs> the immunoglobulins. Thank you, Jamie. So, which which means that your breast milk helps boost your child's immune system. So, when your child is sick, your body identifies that illness in their baby, and your body then begins to create um, the Antibodies. Antibodies. Thank you. I don't know why I'm drawing blanks on these things, but it creates those antibodies so that your baby can fight the illness because your baby's immune system is still developing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it needs help. Yeah. Um, so anything you can do to help your baby, the immunity that. that you can provide to your child through extend through breastfeeding at all, mm-hmm. and then through extended breastfeeding, um, I mean it lasts them a lifetime, absolutely. and it's absolutely phenomenal the health implications of a mm-hmm. child who's been breastfed. Um, I promise you guys, they don't nurse forever. Um, <laughs> you might feel, feel like let that. down things forever. I promise, there's still days 
I'm 14 years post breastfeeding, um, and there are still times when a baby starts crying, and I have to like, it's oh. like an instinct. Something's <laughs> um, happening. Tinkling. Yeah, there's this odd feeling. Uh, you can't describe it to anybody who's never felt that before. Um, I was. I always describe it as a bee sting. Mine yeah. was always just this pressure. Pressure, yeah, like a wash of pressure. Now it's more of the tingle that Jamie says. Mm-hmm. Um, but my initial, you know, through the newborn stage and through up to six months or so, probably even more like nine months, I would get this sting, like a Ooh. bee sting at the I'll nipple see. as I let down. That that's what it would feel like for me mm-hmm. whenever, like, when they were younger and my breasts would get like really full. Yeah, like it would. Whenever I felt let down, it would hurt. Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh. Yeah. Bee sting. <laughs> someone would be like, are you okay? I'm like, it's a letdown. It's okay. Just give me a second. It'll pass. <laughs> All right. So this has been um, such a good talk about breastfeeding beyond mm-hmm. infancy. And thank you guys so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you for joining us here at Keeping Women, Keeping Community Women's Ministry or KCWM. Remember, <laughs> we are on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, MeWe, and TikTok. You can find us with the handle at KC Women's Ministry. Thank you so much for joining us. We have loved talking with you. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with us. We loved having you here. Don't forget to hit that like button because you know we deserve it. Leave a comment to let us know why. Your participation and constructive feedback helps us grow and shapes our community that you can be a part of. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials so you can stay in the loop for upcoming videos, live events, fundraisers, and Patreon goodies. The details will be found in the description below. Goodbye for now. We'll see you soon.